Hey, today I want to talk to you about stepping forward in your faith to redeem your regrets. Now, that might sound like a strange concept. I mean, regrets are supposed to be kind of a negative thing, right? Well, let me, let me tell you what inspired this talk. One of my mentors, Dave Ferguson, he wrote a book with his brother a few years ago, and it's called Starting Over Your Life Beyond Regrets. And one of the concepts in the book is allowing God to redeem your regrets, allowing him to help you see them differently. Because here's what I know. If there's any area of our lives that we let slip during 2020, guys, by God's grace, we can start over in this new year. We can grow. We can develop. uh, We can get past them. Uh, Our God is the God of second chances, and let's face it, in in many of our cases, uh, he's the God of third and fourth and fifth chances as well. So I started working on this talk, and I I wanted to start off with, you know, kind of a lighthearted regret story of my own, Uh, but I was having a hard time remembering any, so I texted my wife, Rachel, I said, hey, I need a regret story from my life, something light, something funny, but I can't think of anything. You have any ideas? And it's strange because she didn't have any trouble thinking of one. In fact, within seconds, multiple stories began pouring in, one right after the other. She had no problem. She said, how about Alicia's wedding? And I knew exactly what she was talking about, where I I did this huge wedding for Brian and Alicia and uh, I had everybody seated on behalf of Brian and Alicia. I want to welcome you here today. Uh, you know, who gives Alicia to be married to Brian? Uh, Brian and Alicia did their vows. Brian and Alicia did rings. And, and then during an instrumental moment, the maid of honor leans over to me and, and whispers, her name is Alicia. <laughs> and that was a regrettable moment. <laughs> And then, and then there was this one. Now, I, I'm going to say this word. I'm going to tell you this, and uh, you just don't be too shocked, okay? Just hang with me and let me explain it. But Rachel said, tell them the too much porn story. Now, hang with me, okay? Um, this is where I was trying to teach in a message on a Sunday morning, and I was making the point that too much of something can become a sin. You know, like too much alcohol or too much debt. Or, or too much ice cream. And, and I got off script, and I got on a roll, and I, I just, it slipped out. I said, or too much porn, which, of course, a hush just falls over the crowd as they realize my dumb mistake. And, and then when I realized, I tried to correct myself in the most regrettable way by saying, oh, I'm sorry, you can't watch too much porn. It's horrible. It just dug the hole deeper. It was just it's horrible. And a lot of laughs since then at my expense. Regrettable. Now, there are regrets that you can, you know, laugh at, but there are there are regrets that that you just you don't laugh at. It's it's either too soon or it's just too painful. There's a there's a website called secretregrets.com where people publicly post regrets that they probably would have never said out loud, but they can be anonymous, so, so they write them up. And here are a couple of them. Listen to this. One person writes, I regret marrying my husband just three weeks ago. I should have called it off before I walked down the aisle. I'm 23, and I just haven't had the time to learn to love myself yet. That's regrettable. 
Here's another one. Uh, my biggest regret, one that plagues me in my waking moments and some in my sleeping moments, is, what, is that when I was given the opportunity to go to USC for screenwriting, I didn't take the chance. A missed opportunity, a regret. And then uh, last one here, a person says, I regret the way I treated people. As I type this, I feel so alone. I have no one to call. I, I've been so cruel towards people throughout my life that I, I push them all away. I deserve this, but I wish things were different. I wish that I could start over and be more kind. You know, it, it, as you read this stuff, some of it's just gut-wrenching. Because you can just imagine what these people are going through. But I, but I think it's also, it, it hits home for us. We, it it kind of reminds us of some of the dark regrets in our own lives. Now, the, this book, Starting Over, it, it puts regrets in three categories. Uh, it might be helpful. The, the first one is this, regrets of action. This consists of things that makes us, you know, kind of smack our foreheads and say, oh man, I wish I'd never done that or said that. I'm talking about things like, you know, lies that we've told or um, relationships that we've ruined or, or, you know, just dumb choices that we've made, uh, rage that we've unleashed or, or, or money that we've, we've blown on something that was needless. Um, you know, in Matthew 27, Judas was struck with um, what I would call a regret of action. It says early in the morning, all the chief priests and elders of the people made their plans on how to have Jesus executed. And so they bound him, they led him away, they handed him over to Pilate, the governor. And when Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. And he says, I have sinned, for I have betrayed innocent blood. You know, once the reality of what he had done sunk in, he felt miserable. It felt horrible to the, the point of taking his own life. Because Judas, uh, Judas couldn't wrap his mind around the possibility of a grace big enough to give him a do-over in life. Someone once said, sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay, and it'll charge you more than you want to pay. It just costs too much. Uh, regrets of action, it's, it's what we've done but, but then there's regrets of inaction. That, that's what we leave undone. Regrettable inactions uh, could be things like I don't know, opportunities that we missed, uh, time that we wasted, uh, risks that we didn't take, love that we left unexpressed, uh, words not spoken, for, forgiveness that we withheld. Uh, James uh, 4, 17 talks about it this way. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, that's sin for them. Now, researchers say in the short term, people tend to regret actions, but in the long term, we're actually more likely to regret the inaction in our lives. It's what gave us the famous poem, for all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. It's regret of inaction. And many people, when they evaluate regrets, they, they only think of regrets of action or inaction, but we can't stop there because sometimes our greatest regrets start with something hurtful that was done to us. Uh, you might call it a regret of reaction. 
regrets like, you know, the accident that I was in, uh, the illness that I got, the circumstance that I find myself in, the, the abuse that I took, uh, how neglected I was, the, the rejection that I felt, the, uh, the betrayal that I experienced. And, and honestly, I mean, if we're, if we're, if we're going to be real, I think a lot of us have had maybe more of these in the last year than we want to admit, because this pandemic has come through and it has interrupted pretty much every area of our lives, and and we didn't cause it. It happened to us, but sometimes it's these regrets of reaction, the the things that we're reacting to around us, they're, they're the ones that can hurt the most. Job in the Bible he hadn't done anything to deserve it, but things happened to him. And look how he responds. He says in chapter 3, verse 1, After this, Job opened his mouth and he cursed the day of his birth. He said, May the day of my birth perish in the night that he said a boy is conceived. And that day, may it turn into darkness. May God above uh, not care about it. May no light shine on it. And you might have said something like, and I, I wish I'd never been born. I wish this hadn't happened. It's a, it's a sadness that's stemming from something that's happened to us. Regrets of action, inaction, reaction, and they can be devastating. They, and they can, they can really have us stuck in the past if we don't figure out how to get past them. So, you know, let me, let me ask you this. What regrets did you bring with you today? Action? inaction, reaction. And my sincere hope and prayer is that we all come to see that God is big enough to redeem even our worst regrets. He can use everything in our lives for a greater good. He can move us towards something better. The good news today is this, because Jesus rose from the dead. He overcame death. We can all start over and live a life beyond regret. Hey, one of the guys in the Bible who learned this lesson is Peter, uh, one of Jesus' closest friends. And what I want to do today is look at two scenes from his life to see how Jesus helped Peter start over, move move beyond uh, a big regret in his life. Uh, In scene number one, Peter stands warming himself by a charcoal fire. And in the original Greek, it's, it's the word anthrakia that refers to specifically a charcoal fire. And, and Peter is standing around this fire among guards and curious bystanders outside the high priest's home. And Jesus has just been arrested and dragged before the religious leader. And Jesus is bound and there's tension filling the air. And everybody knows violence is, is soon to follow. I mean, you can cut the tension with a knife. And, and, and just a few hours before, Peter had been bragging about, hey, he'd never denied Jesus. He, he declared that he'd follow Jesus on into death. But now he's nervous, and he feels like Jesus is distant. Even though they're, they're within sight of each other, it feels like Jesus is distant, and he tries to blend in as he anxiously watches to see what will happen next. He's kind of blending into the crowd, and suddenly someone speaks directly to him and points him out and says, hey, aren't you one of Jesus' followers, she asks. And then a second person, and then a third person chimes in, no, you must be one of them. And I don't even know him, Peter uh, denies Jesus. I I don't even know what you guys are talking about. And just then, 
a rooster crows. In Luke 22, 61 and 62, it says this, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. (laughs) Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. You know, Peter instantly feels the flames of regret. He can't believe what he's done. Jesus was his teacher. He'd followed him into a world-changing mission, and now he's abandoned his friend, his Savior. In his most desperate hour, he, he, he abandons Jesus. He, he's overcome now with bitterness and regret. But what happens next? Uh, Jesus is condemned. He's beaten. He's crucified. You just imagine the sorrow that burns on Peter's soul as his closest friend is laid to rest in a tomb. And then even after the news of the resurrection, Peter still carries the weight of his failure. Can you imagine what that felt like? I mean, you know, your circumstances and my circumstances are different, probably maybe not as dramatic, but we know what it's like to feel the sting of regret. We know what it's like to to let somebody down. Maybe we know what it feels like to, to feel like we've let God down. And, and Peter could have, could have stuck right there in that regret. He could have gotten stuck right there, but Jesus wouldn't let him stay there. As we move to the second scene in Peter's story, we find him out on a lake fishing with the other disciples. And suddenly one of them, John, recognizes somebody on the shore. He's like, it's Jesus. And Peter's so excited, he jumps in the water and he swims to shore. And as he approaches, a familiar smell smacks him in the nose. It's a charcoal fire. And it's that same word again, anthrakia. It's the only other time that that specific word is used in all of Scripture is is when uh, Peter denies Jesus around an anthrakia, and then right now as Jesus is preparing breakfast for Peter over an anthrakia. You know, smells have a way of conjuring up memories, don't they? Every time I smell cinnamon rolls baking, I feel like I'm back in my mom's kitchen on a Saturday morning. Or the first time in the spring when you cut the grass, I, it just always reminds me of working in the yard growing up in Cincinnati. Smells conjure up memories and, and with them corresponding emotions. Look at this in John 21, 15. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Not once, not twice, but three times Jesus asked the question, do you love me? And not once or twice, but three times Peter responds, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Three questions that correspond perfectly to Peter's three denials. He got around that fire and he started to feel guilt and regret and shame. And so Jesus brought him around a fire again because he wanted to confirm a relationship and he wanted to confirm his purpose. What am I talking about? Well, first Jesus confirms the relationship. I mean, implied in Jesus' question, do you love me, is is Jesus basically reassuring Peter, you know, because I still love you. And when we know we're loved, we can find the courage to face our regrets. Jesus didn't chastise Peter. He didn't 
rehash what happened. He didn't blow it off as no big deal. He didn't avoid it or sweep it under the rug. He didn't give Peter the cold shoulder. No, he affirms his love for Peter, and then he gives Peter the opportunity to affirm his love back. He confirms the relationship. There's a reconciliation that happens in that moment. And so Jesus confirms the relationship, but then something else. Jesus confirms Peter's purpose. After each time, he says, hey, well then feed my sheep. Jesus, who earlier refers to himself as the good shepherd, commissions Peter to join him in carrying out the mission, his mission in the world. By giving Peter a job to do, he's saying, hey, Peter, you still have a purpose. You're not disqualified. I'm not done with you yet. I want you to lead, and I want you to care for my people. I still want you to get back in the game. And here's what we have to understand today. What Jesus did for Peter, he wants to do for you as well. If you're stuck in a regret of action, you've done something you regret, you've said something you regret, regret, then, man, hear God saying these words to you. I love you no matter what. No matter what you've done, nothing can ever change how I feel about you. And if you're stuck in a regret of inaction, you let something go, you you neglected it, you, you passed on an opportunity, I think God is saying to you, listen, it's not over. I'm not done with you yet. You still have a future. And if you're stuck in a regret of reaction, something horrible has happened to you, hear God saying this, you are not damaged goods. I have plans for you. I have purposes for your life. You have a future. What Jesus did for Peter, he wants to do for you and me as well. He wants to confirm your relationship. He wants to confirm your calling. He wants today to be the day that you start over. You know, what happens so often in life is we see regret as as an event or or a a finish line. When in fact, it's meant to be a starting line. It's, it's just one, one thing that happens in our life. It, it, it can become something else. You see, regret is actually meant to be a helpful thing, a functional emotion. Regret moves us to reparative action if we let it. It can give us motivation to do things differently, to make things right, to move on, to grow. How do you redeem your regrets? You let them launch you forward into a better future. What Jesus did for Peter, he wants to do for you today. You know, the last thing Jesus said to Peter around that fire is, follow me. What does that look like for you today? Where is Jesus asking you to follow him? What's your next step with God? For some, it, it, it might be just engaging again next week. Uh, For somebody else, it might be sharing this message with a friend. For someone else, it might be to to love your neighbor. Jesus talked about that. Maybe for some, uh, it's to find a small group, get connected. Maybe it's to extend forgiveness, let go of a grudge. Whatever your next step is, you don't have to be stuck in the past. You don't have to be stuck in your regret. Because of Jesus and the resurrection, you can live beyond them and redeem your regrets.